Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Stock Market Today. It's Ali Corman, Ed Carson here with a breakdown of the action in today's session where we saw losses worsen as we closed out the week. Bank stocks hit particularly hard. The Russell 2000 down very strongly today. It's not looking good all around, Ed. Yeah, it was really ugly action. Uh, obviously, we'll get into all of that. Uh, I want to take a look at JP Morgan, a rare exception, at least on Friday for the okay. banks, as well as Meta Platforms and Palo Alto Networks. Yes, we'll take a look at those stocks. But first, let's analyze the major indexes. We'll kick things off with the S&P 500 finishing Friday down almost one and a half percent. But it was not the hardest hit. The Nasdaq closed down one point eight percent. Like I mentioned, small caps uh, hit particularly hard today with the Russell 2000 down 3.3% headed into the close and the Dow off by 1.1% today. So we saw heavy losses on Thursday with the S&P down almost 1.9%, closing below the 200-day line. Ed, when you get action like that, especially if you put it in the context of where we were the couple sessions prior seems like the expectation was for further weakness and that's what we got yeah it was really really ugly and it was sort of unexpected because we had the tuesday wednesday sell-off because of fed chief powell talking about rate hikes being maybe coming in faster maybe higher Honestly, that really almost wasn't a factor at the end of the week because then it became these banking issues that totally overrode everything. Uh, markets really went into tailspin. Russell 2000 has a lot of banks in them, so that's one reason it was so hard hit. But everything is down. I mean, it went through the, the NASDAQ, S&P, and the Russell went through their 21, 50, and 200-day lines, and decisively. It's not even close. The mm -hmm. S&P and Russell 2000, I believe, closed below where they closed on the follow-through day on January 6th. So basically, if you said, okay, I'm going to wait for a follow-through day, and you get in late in the day, basically, you know, if, oh, you know that, that sort of round trip. <laughs> I mean, you know, the NASDAQ may be a little bit above that, and yes, individual yeah. stocks are above that, certain ones, but nonetheless... A lot of those big gains have been wiped out. Really ugly action in terms of mm -hmm. just the percentage losses and just how the technical chart looks of these things. Exactly. And prior to this week, we were still holding above that 200-day line, 40-week line on the weekly chart. And now that is no longer. So what was looking like a pretty textbook pullback uh, before this week now is looking pretty concerning, wouldn't you say, Ed? Oh, yeah, very concerning. It was an outside week for the uh, NASDAQ, right, for all the indexes, just because we, we popped higher on Monday and just we basically closed in weekly lows and there just nothing really stopped it. And you just have to recognize this. This is not healthy. I mean, some stocks held up, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, some stocks held up on Thursday. And yeah, there's even some that held up on Friday, but not many. And, you know, so it's like the odds are, that even the outperformers were coming under pressure uh, during the week. So in terms of where the next stop is, Ed, I just drew a trend line on the S&P connecting-ish some uh, recent lows. We've clearly broken below that as well. Seems like the lows from late last year is that uh, the next level on the downside we should be watching for the S&P. For the S&P and things for like the NASDAQ, uh, that would be a long way. You really wouldn't want that to happen, but it, it could. I mean, you know, we're in a territory. Let's say the banks get better 
Okay, well, th then the bond yields are going to surge up again, you know, and then you're going to get, and then you'll have the Fed concern. There's also a lot of things, the market, it, there's a lot of things that could happen right now. A lot, a whole lot sounds good. Uh, yeah, so there's, there's not a lot to catch the market right now. Mm -hmm. And let's take a quick look once again. Here's IWM, the Russell 2000, huge hit today, down 8%, a big break there. The Dow down uh, over four and a half percent this week, sharply breaking below its lows from late last year. So it's already there uh, yeah. now, now below 32,000, down to its lowest levels since uh, October, November. And now let's take a look at the 10 year treasury yield. A big gap down uh, for zero TNX on Friday, off almost six percent here. So a, a clear break. So uh, as you said, not a whole lot looking good. So the fact that we saw uh, such weakness in the market and this moving in the same direction, uh, with of course money flowing into bonds and into gold, those uh, you know sort of uh, safe haven uh, areas, says a lot. Yeah, there's not not much of a risk on appetite all of a sudden. And the two-year yield fell 48 basis points on Thursday and Friday, including like 31 today. I mean, it's just enormous moves. Uh, it's just really hard, you know, with when the tides are all the financial markets are really in turmoil. Nobody really knows what should be priced anything right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it uh, definitely feels like a big shift in the market's tone right now. Let's also take a look at the dollar, which is tracked by this UUP ETF. Uh, off but off lows today, down about six-tenths of a percent, but recently hitting resistance at that 200-day line. I pulled up XLF earlier, but we'll briefly stop there. Here's the uh, financial select sector spider ETF tracking the S&P 500 financial sector down 1.8% on Friday and for the week down eight and a half percent. I mean, that's the largest weekly loss in quite a while, Ed. I mean, we'd have to go pretty far back, uh, I guess in, in 2020, perhaps maybe I skipped a week here and there, but it looks like it could have been the biggest weekly loss for the financial sector in a couple of years here. So a lot of damage there. Uh, regional banks, even worse, though, here's KRE, this ETF down 7% by Friday's close for the week down 16%. This looks pretty stunning, Ed. There are some huge losers, especially among the West Coast banks. Uh, SIVB was didn't even open today, so that didn't, and that was actually a decent sized component in this. At least it was as of Wednesday, uh, so that didn't even factor into it. Just just massive volume, huge losses. I mean, yeah, I mean maybe this will bounce back, but you don't know. You just don't know what's going to happen here. It is uh, everything has really changed on a dime. Mm -hmm. And now we want to take a look at SMH, which tracks the chip sector, perhaps hold, holding up a little bit better, down 3% this week, reversing lower, coming down to the 10-week line. Uh, so perhaps a little bit resilient in comparison. Um, we're still above the low from the 2nd of, of March. So we'll have to see if this area can uh, continue to hold up. But Ed, it seems like even if you're looking at areas showing relative strength, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going up. 
No, they're not going up. And maybe this is when they're finally, if we keep going, you know, are they really going to start going? Like you could say, if we have another 3% loss, this is going to go through the 50 day. I mean, it's just, it's going to really add up. So this is definitely an area of strength, but nothing is, but that's a relative term. Mm -hmm. And next on our list, let's take a look at uh, an exception to the bank weakness, and that is JP Morgan reversing higher Friday uh, up by about 2.6% in some heavy volume after a decline of 5.4% on Thursday amid all this banking news. And this morning on IBD Live, David Ryan hopped on the show. He's uh, one of our weekly contributors, a three-time U.S. investing champion and a portfolio manager who worked with IBD founder Bill O'Neill. He was saying that he felt like for something like J.P. Morgan, not the SIVB and not your crypto lenders uh, or, or your regional bank, something like a J.P. Morgan, that this felt a little bit overdone. And on a technical perspective, to see an undercut and to see it reversing higher before uh, we, we saw uh, a lot of anything else bounce intraday, that that was potentially a quick trade that some traders could make. But what are your thoughts on this action for JP Morgan, Ed? Yeah, I mean, that was very interesting, very, very bold. He's very nimble uh, and it's gotten a bounce now. So you don't know what's going to happen here at this point. So I think the quick trade is over in in my view. Uh, yeah, but it's this, I mean, that was at what, like, uh, yeah, it was within somewhere, the first yeah, it was, hour or, or so. Yeah. And so session. we'll see. We'll see. So I, I don't want to be yeah. and I'm sure probably he wouldn't be advocating it here either. Uh, but mm -hmm. in any case, it's still had a down week. It was pretty bad week. But this is an this is a positive sign for the market in this sense. If you look, if the banking sector really goes, then J.P. Morgan's going to be in a lot of trouble. I mean, as well. So if this can hold up, if this can bounce, that's a positive sign. I mean, it actually was trading well until this week. It was actually sort of in a buy zone. So maybe it can bounce back. But yeah, this would be a positive sign for the market for the economy if 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 there's some kind of limit to how much uh, damage there is to the bank stocks or just to the banking sector overall. Ed, I'm sure traders out there are questioning how serious this could get. What might be some of our clues in deciphering that in the days and weeks to come? Well, I mean, honestly, it, it is hard to know because these are like deep in the books and you're going to see a lot of reports over the weekend, I bet, people saying this, these are banks are the most out exposed to this and that. And so we'll see. I mean, uh, in the in the short run, it'll be honestly like stock market because you'll see what's what's moving and what and whatnot and see if there's real tremors in there. But uh, then you might start seeing if, you know, if you start seeing reports that they're cutting back on loans. And again, we're going to have to, you can't wait for earnings reports on these things, you know, or, you know, it's, it's very quick. And sometimes a company, a bank can be in fine, but people get worried and then, and then start, you know, they get really worried. Pulling and so that creates problems. And, yeah. yeah. And we don't really have so many bank runs. The Silicon SVB financial was close to a bank run. That's why it was shut down today mm -hmm. because it really were, people were pulling out. I mean, we have FDIC deposit insurance, so it's not that kind of contagion, but yeah, uh, I, I think you have to watch and pay attention to the market reaction, you know, you know, look at the news and everything, but that's really stock market is probably mm -hmm. uh, the best near term indicator of, and, and the bond market. And you could also look at bond prices if you really want to dig into it. What are the bond prices of some of these banks? You know, but uh, right. those are some of the things to look at. Mm -hmm. And 
it just goes to show you how quickly things can change. So for active traders to be staying on top of uh, these headlines, there's a balance, right, uh, to be nimble, but not too quick on the trigger, but not too slow either when you see these shifting conditions. Yeah, and this is why it's probably best just to be out of the market and almost entirely, you know, or entirely. If you have some uh, one or two leaders that are really holding up well and you really, you know, you can hold some of that, but otherwise, and I know we can talk about that later, but that's just, it's like trying to be out there. It's like, it's fun to watch this. It's snow, but actually try to run and try to try to dodge snow, you know, like, try to, <laughs> it's like, you can't really do it. I mean, you, no matter how nimble you are in this kind of environment, you just best to be inside uh, when the conditions improve. Awesome. That's that's, you know, then, then you can try to venture out again. That makes sense. Okay. Next on our list, we want to talk about meta down 3% for the week, but look at that relative strength line. <laughs> Looks pretty strong there. We had a gap up on earnings, a relatively orderly pullback to the 21-day line. It's holding above the 21-day line, just right at the 10-day line. So maybe uh, a little bit of a, a handle forming here, whether this is a, a mini cup with handle base here or this whole area, a larger handle on a larger cup. How are you viewing this? Well, technically, it should be a flat base after today. I mean, it'll take another hour, but it'll show up in MarketSmith uh, as a flat base. Now, if it goes on for another week, maybe it'll turn into a cup with handle because cups have to be six weeks. Uh, but it does feel more like a cup. So it looks more like a cup with handle. So I think you could use this week's high as an early entry. Again, you really want the market to be improving. If this pops up 2% and nudges over the buy point, the market is right. all these indexes are below their 200-day lines. I mean, come on. I mean, but... Uh, this is definitely one to be watching because uh, of its strength. You know, you can say, as you, as you say, the RS line kept on rising this week on a 3% decline. Well, what does that say, Ed, uh, about the market when we're talking about a buy point for Meta? I thought the mega cap tech stocks were dead. You know, there's a safety. Part of it may be a safety issue. And this one, they're slashing. You can see the guidance has come way up. You know, like you know, like the guidance, you know, the, this one has about the best, in terms of the mega caps, has about the best growth uh, that I can think of. Now, you know, NVIDIA is a different story, but in terms of the mega, mega caps, I mean, I guess this is actually smaller than NVIDIA now, but uh, compared the to your Apples and- stocks. Yeah, your FANG stocks, your Apple, your, you know, Microsoft and Amazon, those stocks, this one is- has pretty good growth numbers now, uh, all, all told. Mm -hmm. All right. We'll have to see if it can continue to show that relative strength. And last but not least, Palo Alto Networks and the Security Software Group flashing a relative strength line blue dot today, underscoring its price outperformance versus the S&P 500 with an upside reversal on Friday. So finishing in positive territory really mild uh, volume after this earnings gap up. So this seems like a stock that is definitely weathering the downdraft right now and one that we should have on our watch list. Yeah, it held up with the gap up very well. You could say it has a handle now. Nothing wrong with a longer handle or a little deeper handle. You can look at this as a, as a handle to a base going all the way there or just to there. But either way, that's a key resistance area. So right around that buy point is almost identical to that. So holding up well, if it breaks through above that, that would be really positive. Uh, again, uh, you'd want the market to be to to show to show some some strength. 
Uh, but uh, really nice action uh, for a tech stock like this to, to be up on on Friday when the run, when when there was so much damage out there. Quite resilient indeed. While well, I've set some trend line alerts, so we'll keep tabs on these stocks and maybe if they trigger those alerts, they might be worth chatting about on IBD Live come next week. We will have to see, but we definitely need the market to cooperate, Ed. So on that note, what would be the battle plan for the week ahead? Clearly, this week was a week to reduce exposure just after we had uh, a week that looked like, hey, maybe maybe this is the end of the pullback. Maybe we are going to bounce here. We saw a downside reversal in a big way this week. So that definitely warrants scaling back on that exposure, especially on Thursday and Friday. Yeah, I mean, it's time to be really on the sidelines. Uh, you know, just don't don't try to be fighting this kind of market. There's so much going on. Uh, what you should be doing is working on your watch list and look for relative strength. And yeah, stocks like Meta and you know and Palo Alto should be on there. But you know, even if they're not near buy points, some of them may be more damaged. But if they're showing relative strength or at least pretty good relative strength. Uh, don't don't neglect that. That's not really the priority because you're not thinking, boy, am I looking to buy something on Monday or Tuesday? Almost certainly not, unless you're trying to do some kind of swing trade. I mean, it's like some kind of, but in terms of position trade, probably need to wait a while, uh, and probably a lot of stocks need some time to set up. So that's what they should be doing. You know, preparing for their, um, uh, you know, maybe look over some past trades, see about like how you could have gotten out of things a little earlier, or maybe some of the big winners from January, you know, did you get them or why didn't you get them? Uh, and, you know, just think about things for the, for the next time when the market is really in, in better shape. And obviously this is all playing out in real time in hindsight's 2020, but I think the question for investors now is, was this just a bear market rally or is this uh, the beginning of an uptrend that's hitting some turbulence as it's trying to lift off. What do you think, Ed? You know, my, my gut feeling is that the October lows are, we're not going to go to a new low, but you know, what is my gut feeling? It doesn't matter. You know, like uh, you can tear my guts out with the market if it goes down like that. So, um, you know, so we'll, we'll see, but it's still such a data dependent market. There's still so many things out there where it, it may be that it's just in David Ryan has been talking about it's sort of a tradable kind of market where there'll be times where you can buy for short periods, but you can't just set it and forget it or let it ride for months. There's that. You could even go from October to, to August. You could say like there's a longer trend that we may go into. Hopefully we don't go down below the December lows, but there is sort of this range bound area where maybe there'll be periods where you can get in. Uh, but you'll want to be trying to get early entries, try to take partial profits at least fairly quickly. And that may be the case for for a while. Mm -hmm. And uh, just to reiterate that, instead of the mindset of buying high, think about locking in your profits at that point. And as you said, looking for those early entries instead of finally feeling like it's safe to dip your toe in the water right when uh, the rug gets pulled out from underneath us and then trying to hold on and end up selling right when we could bounce. So it does feel like we, we do need to be nimble and keep an eye on 
these different levels uh, and not make big bets until yeah, we... I think that's really important. Yeah, yeah. because it's just because it's so hard. It's like you know you, you try to and it's the traditional thing is we wait for some strength, then we get in it because there'll probably be a nice fat barrel. I talk about it like a loaf of bread. Nobody wants the crusts. You don't get the crusts, so you want as long of a loaf as possible. But if the loaf is just two pieces of crust and one nice piece of bread, it's hard to make money. There's money to be made, but boy, is it hard to do it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, this market has turned out to be very tricky, uh, which I think shows the value of staying in step with market conditions every single day, keeping watch and pivoting accordingly. So we'll continue to do so. And starting with IBD Live on Monday morning. We've got your back. So we'll see you there, investors.com slash IBD Live for all the details on that. But in the meantime, we hope you have a great weekend and get those watch lists ready. We'll see what next week brings. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you next week. This show is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Any securities and investment strategies discussed may not be suitable for all investors. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making investment decisions.